It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Thought leaders and experts join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. It's easy to love a partner who is doing everything you want. It's easy to love someone when things are going well. The challenges occur when things aren't so perfect. Today's guest, Guy Finley, offers a new way to use conflict to understand ourselves better, leading to a deeper understanding of the other, growing compassion, and a lasting resolution based in love. He teaches how to use differences to become more loving and kind. Guy's new book is Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together. Guy is the best-selling author of The Secret of Letting Go, The Courage to Be Free, and 40 other works that are available in 20 languages worldwide. He is the founder and director of the nonprofit Life of Learning Foundation. Welcome back to the show, Guy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Joan. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to be with you. I'm so happy to have you back on the show, Guy. I always enjoy our conversations. And today, we're talking about cultivating deep, loving relationships. As I said in the introduction, it's easy to be in a relationship when everything goes the way you want or when life is simple. It's during the challenging times that the bond gets tested. Unfortunately, that's when many people give up on the relationship and go their separate ways. You say that we can use these difficult times to build a stronger bond of trust, compassion, and love. How is that possible, Guy? What are so many of us missing? I think that the most difficult thing in the world for us to understand at this point is that our partner isn't in our life the way that we imagine them to be to make us feel whole and happy. We need a completely new understanding, Joan, of the purpose of relationships. And when our relationships are predicated, as they are mostly now, on a belief that my partner is in my life to make sure that I'm comfortable, content, and happy at all times, that that's great while they're doing that. But the minute that the weather changes, meaning the wind shifts and our partner can no longer find it in themselves to be anything other than maybe unhappy with us, where does the love go? So my book starts at a slightly deeper level, and mainly it's this, Joan. Relationships are mirrors. It is through our relationships with each other that we come to discover within ourselves the things that we do because love allows it. Just as a simple example, right off the bat, when we have a disappointment, an unhappiness, an anger with our partner, is it because of what our partner has done in that moment, Joan, or did we bring something with us in that moment where an unseen expectation or demand on our partner is suddenly seemingly thwarted by what they do so that our our disappointment our resistance to the moment is really because of something that we don't see in ourselves that our partner has actually helped us to see if we would agree to be present to it and it's actually i was going to say it's actually something that i experienced in my marriage which 
ultimately led to my divorce. So I see myself in a lot of what you are describing to our listeners. It's so um, important for us to realize that in one respect, again, a, a bigger picture, you didn't bring that man into your life. That man didn't bring you into his life. Something greater than both of you brought you together for a purpose greater than either of you by yourselves can create. That's called love. We love it when relationships help us realize parts of ourselves that we don't know otherwise, so that the, the revelation of the moment is actually me realizing that I have a part of me that's already a part of what I'm experiencing. Same thing with our partner. You know, my wife has this quirky smile, a certain laugh, a certain way she looks at me. These are things that when that's going on, there's just no denying this wonderful, warm feeling between the two of us. Because in her presence, I'm given a particular awareness of myself that's loving. But what about when my wife or my brother or my mother or the guy in the supermarket is showing me something about myself that I don't want to see? Is that really any different? Or is that moment a relationship where two people are brought together for the purpose of each of us realizing something about ourselves that cannot be realized in any other way? If I bring into my relationship, Joan, a fear of being hurt, a demand that someone always support me, regardless what I'm going through, even if I can't do the same for them. Any one of a thousand things that we know spoil relationships when they're awakened. Am I not being done a great grace by a moment that shows me that limitation? Because if I'm not aware of it, then that limitation becomes my action. And when limitation acts, everything goes to heck in a handbasket. And now we're fighting over me blaming you for my experience when all you've done is help me see and release, if I'm willing, something that is limiting the possibility of love between us. Guy, when we have these wounds, how do we keep from bringing them into the new relationship? Uh, you know, personally speaking, when I was about, I don't know, 19, my heart got broken into 100,000 pieces. You know, the first love, they say, is always the roughest, right? Right. That, that fear of that pain based on having a person betray me, it doesn't go away as long as I believe that the purpose of a person in my life is to always ensure my happiness. So that the minute that I have a dependency, Joan, of any kind, with that dependency comes the fear of, for instance, being betrayed. So I can't leave that behind, but I can see that it is a limitation. I'm not aware of that limitation until my partner does something that stirs that fear. So ordinarily, when my partner does something that stirs a fear in me, I blame my partner for my fear instead of thanking my partner for awakening me to something that I brought with me that can only be released once it's revealed. If a heartache, an anger, a fear, a grief is buried in me, it lays concealed until it's revealed. But for now in our relationships, when these limitations get revealed, we don't understand the purpose of the revelation. And instead of releasing what we've been shown about ourselves, because we see it doesn't serve us anymore, we turn on our partner with a vengeance and blame them or try to change them so that we don't have to experience that moment anymore. We will always experience those kind of moments 
as long as those parts of us are brought forward from the past into the present. What does having this knowledge bring to our relationships? When we understand these uh, intricacies, these beautiful, um, delicate aspects of our relationship with others, we start to realize our partner actually serves as a healing agent because they are a revealing agent. I don't know that I have this super sensitivity to anybody who looks at me in a certain way until someone looks at me in a certain way. It's not their fault they're looking at me in a certain way. The problem lies between us. That's another very important point. As long as something remains concealed in our heart, in our mind, it will always act as a stumbling block anytime someone or something stirs it up. So what we're addressing here is this idea that we can add a new dimension to our relationships that doesn't just keep them fresh and alive, but that actually helps us to help our partners as well, because the reverse holds true. Sometimes our partner will look at us and we will have said something and we don't know why they're reacting that way. Have you ever been with somebody, Joan, you know, said something and you get a, a, an out of proportion reaction from them? Often, yes. That man, that woman has brought with them, just as we have, these residue from the past. And when that residue, when that fear, that worry gets stirred, the person, as we do, reacts from it, not understanding they've been given an opportunity to see themselves. They see us as the source of their pain. And then we've got the pattern. These patterns of pain between our partner and ourselves are driven by a misunderstanding of what's taking place between us in the moment. So that each of us entering into the moment with these unseen expectations on each other, false beliefs, demands, get our beliefs, our demands, our in quotes, our feelings hurt, suddenly we're in pain, we blame them for it, we push back, and when we push back, what can happen in them other than they're in pain for the same reason and they push back? And so instead of a reconciliation born of a new understanding, there's the repetition of a painful pattern, and we all know where that goes. How can we use this information to bring a disagreement to a dead stop and turn it into something positive? Again, we need new knowledge. Is love a unifying force or a disruptive force? Love unifies. Love integrates. When we get angry at our partner, don't we always have this justification that says in us, we're angry because we love you. I want you to change because I love you. I want you to be a different kind of person than you are because I love you. Isn't pretty much the idea of love always behind whatever it is that we're trying to change in our partner? Love doesn't try to change anyone. When, Joan, you had these moments you mentioned earlier with your past partner, were there not instances, I know there were, I'm just asking you for agreement, Mm-hmm. where you suddenly realized that, you know what, maybe this problem isn't just my partner. Maybe I'm learning something about myself that I could have never learned otherwise. And that might include something that I didn't particularly want to learn about myself, but the revelation came so repeatedly, I had to finally see it. A- it absolutely. A- yes. Yeah. It changed my life. So that, yes, that's what I'm getting at. 
So that love brings two people together, and whether or not through that relationship they grow closer and closer together because they share similar and similar wishes to grow through through revelation, or one of them has no interest at all in changing, and so the other partner gets to see where they're attached, identified, or maybe dependent, and then get the lesson that they could get in no other way. So that means that love always allows the individuals who are willing to learn from it the possibility of transcending who and what they have been prior to the moment of that revelation so that we actually exit these moments, Joan, a different order of man or woman that went into them. That's the power of love. And Guy, when someone can recognize what you just described, because I lived it, my life changed from that relationship, from the divorce. I'm doing what I do today because of that. When you can see that, it is so freeing. It allows you to let go of the pain and the relationship. And, And you can stop being stuck in that attached place. I know people... 10, 15 years post-divorce that are still stuck in that victim mentality, in that mode of they don't know how to live without the other person. But when you can see how your life has benefited from learning and loving and being a part of that, you're able to release it and move forward. Absolutely. And the, the reason is that when we have these epiphanies, when those moments in our life come back and back again, you know the saying, Joan, when the student is ready, the teacher appears? Yes. The teacher is always love. The teachers sometimes bring lessons we can't wait to embody, to go deeper into, to explore for the mystery of it. But as many times as not, and perhaps the most important lessons are the ones that bring us those split seconds where suddenly we become aware of a dependency, a fear, a doubt, a worry that is not only in the way of our relationship developing, but in the way of me developing as a human being. You just described from your relationship a series of lessons that could have been learned in no other way. And would you agree that those lessons that couldn't have been learned in any other way came to you because you were drawn to somebody who, as all of our partners are intended to be, turned out to be, a, 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 I call it a secret agent, a polishing stone, something that that removed by relationship things that were in the way of you seeing your own possibilities, things that remain, as you said, we all see with others. Can you imagine being negative about a partner who's not even alive anymore so that my identity is a derivative of what I don't like instead of waking up and realizing that love has no enemies? What about being a partner to another person? After time, we tend to stop seeing our partner. It's important to not take the other person for granted or to be able to see things from the other person's point of view. Do you have a few tips that can help us to be a better partner? Oh, yeah. This isn't about a list of seven ways to be a better lover. This is about discovering in ourselves certain unseen, unconscious parts of us that are in the way of love. This is such an important idea. Here's an example. When we're angry with somebody, are we concerned with their pain or is our pain the only thing that matters? Oh, it's ours. We think about ourselves. That's it. 
so that when I'm angry or upset with someone I love, I have no awareness whatsoever that they are in as much pain as I am in the moment because all I can do is blame them for my pain. So that when I'm negative, Joan, I am blind. And when I am blind, I cannot see what love wants me to see, which is this isn't just about my pain and it's not just about yours. This pain is our pain. You have caused me to see what was hidden in me. I have helped you see what you don't see is in you. In that moment, there is a disturbance brought about by an awareness of something in us that does not want to be known. We can understand so thoroughly this idea that my partner is suffering in the same moment I am, that I am willing to do something never done before. And that is to bear my own pain before I blame you for it. Because if I can't do that, I'm going to push. And if I push, you're going to push. And when you have two people pushing against each other to get rid of the pain, we're not getting rid of it. It's being exacerbated, expanded in such a way that no one knows what's going on until we've had harsh, cruel words or worse, threaten each other to go our separate ways because you won't be what I want you to be. We're talking about romantic relationships, but these strategies, this conversation, it applies to any interpersonal relationship. Oh, yes. I'm glad you brought it up. What do you think, Joan, is the reason why the world today itself, not just you and I as individuals with strained relationships, as they may be, the guy cuts us off on the freeway, someone says something offhanded at the office, and we seethe over it. The real reason for all of this turmoil in the world, these relationships that are so much on the rocks. We don't understand our own pain, Joan. We just don't understand it. And the reason we don't understand it isn't because we aren't handed opportunities moment after moment to see these concealed parts of ourselves. Rather, we are given moment to moment an opportunity to realize this if we would simply stop blaming our partner for our pain. And our partner could be the gas station attendant. Our partner could be the waiter or the waitress. Our partner can be the person calling us on the robocall. Everyone in life is our partner because everyone is bringing us a revelation about ourselves. Guy, you've been doing this work for some time. If you could sum up what you've learned about people and their relationships, what would it be? I think the world would be such a better place if all of us understood that every last one we know is doing the best they know to do. But that doesn't necessarily mean it is the best they can do. Our impatience with other people, we believe, is because of their limitation. Instead of understanding that impatience is our limitation, because it blinds us to the fact that everyone we know, including ourselves, is struggling to be the best person they can be but don't yet understand how they get there. As long as I believe that the best person I can be depends on you agreeing with me, I'm going to be dependent on you for that agreement, and I'm going to be afraid of your denial, and we're going to fight. Mm -hmm. But if I understand, Joan, that you're here in this life, this interview, this moment between us can help me awaken, which is the subtitle of the book, Waking Up Together, can help me awaken to what is limiting my capacity to love you, 
this moment, my partner, unconditionally. The minute I understand that revelations release, when I'm released, it comes from a realization, and the realization is the unification. That's what I would like people to know. Do the best you can. Understand the revelation is there to release you from what you don't know. And in that revelation, the new realization and the new higher possibility. I like when you say when it comes to love, all things are possible. I think that's such a lovely thought that we should all hold on to. I love it too, because you see, at the heart of this book is this idea. What's more important that you become what I want you to be in this moment, that you act how I want you to act, or that love that brought us together has a chance to show us through each of our actions a new possibility in the same moment that ordinarily we want to punish each other for. Love has absolutely an endless possibility for anyone who will prefer its presence in the moment over the, the insistence that people behave the way we want them to. Then we sit aware of ourselves and willing. A chapter in the book says, you know what? This one's on me. I'm not going to punish you for the pain that you just brought up in me. Instead, I'm going to become aware of this impatience and die to it for the sake of love. I'm not going to push you to be what I want you to be. I'm going to become aware of what I am in this moment so that I can be different. And by God, if I can be different in this moment, it will give you the space you need to be different. And then we're really on to something, Joe. The book is Relationship Magic, Waking Up Together by Guy Finley. If you would like to learn more about Guy and his work, you can visit GuyFinley.org. Guy, in about 30 seconds or less, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Mostly this one idea. As Joan said, with love, all things are possible. I know that we have cynicism, that we have defeat, despair, that love may have beat us, beat us up. But I promise you, it can be different if you understand something new about love. Guy, thank you so much for being here with us. Loving another person is a wonderful gift and it adds so much to life. So thank you for spending time with us and for sharing with us. Happy to be with you. Thank you, Joan. This is Conversations with Joan. We'll be right back. How much can the right foods do for you? A lot more than weight control. The right foods can increase your energy, improve your outlook, and strengthen your body's natural defenses. What foods can do all that? Primo Health Solutions will show you using metabolic typing. This remarkable program lets your body tell you what it needs to work best. Call them today at 347-903-7030. That's 347-903-7030. Or go to PrimoHealthSolutions.com. Using metabolic typing, Primo Health Solutions will let your body work best. Calm, vitality, mindfulness. We all want them, but they seem so hard to attain. Escape the stress and frenzy of the city streets. New York Open Center offers courses, trainings, and a vibrant community to help you start your journey for a more balanced and healthy life. Visit our website at opencenter.org for more information. Stop by our cafe and bookstore for all your wellness needs. Find your center at 30th and Madison. 
Soul by Rain is produced from various seed flowers. Its primary ingredients hail from the black cumin seed and the black raspberry seed. These two combine to provide a powerful antioxidant barrier against the devastating effects of stress. Soul by Rain has been hailed as one of the most important anti-aging antioxidants ever discovered. Soul is an anti-inflammatory and it helps prevent and repair radical damages for a healthier heart. Get your soul by calling your rain partner, Elmina Ziza, at 973-722-1154. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 magazine, visit CYACYL.com, and be sure to tell your friends. It's time for To Your Health. Joining me today is Dr. Lorraine Maida, a functional and integrative medicine physician who practices anti-aging medicine, executive health, hormone replacement therapy, and weight management. She's the author of Vibrance for Life, How to Live Younger and Healthier. Dr. Maida is here today to discuss why your gut is the key to overall health. Welcome, Dr. Maida. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Joan. Dr. Maida, many experts today talk about leaky gut as a factor in health and well-being. Can you tell us what it means to have a leaky gut? Sure, Joan. I want you to think about this. Imagine that there is only one cell lining thick from your small intestines through your anus that separates you from the outside world. And the outside world contains so many bugs and bacteria, parasites, fungus, so that wall, that one cell wall thick, has to be intact to keep out the bad guys. And the cells are held together by what they call tight junctions. Just think about a picket fence with the little bars across it that hold those pickets up. You gotta keep them tight so that you keep out the bacteria. Now, if you're not digesting your food properly, if you are not chewing, if you can't break it down, or if they're genetically modified foods that have pesticides in them, it can irritate the gut wall, open up those tight junctions, and undigested food gets through, but your body doesn't recognize it as food. It gets confused. It thinks that maybe this is something that's non-self, that's a pathogen. It starts attacking that, but some of them look like the cells in your body. So this can lead to autoimmune conditions. And the most common ones are MS, lupus, Hashimoto's thyroiditis, rheumatoid arthritis, celiac disease, but there are hundreds of autoimmune disease. And these immune cells spill out chemicals called cytokines. They kill those unwanted substances. You know, when you have a flu, these cytokines are the ones that give you the body aches, the fatigue, the headaches, brain fog, you know, aches and pains. And, but the symptoms can be some very mild to extremely severe. And just one caveat, if you're speaking to a doctor about leaky gut, they don't use that term. They use the term increased intestinal permeability. 
ability. So they might roll their eyes if you say leaky gut. So say increased intestinal permeability. So doctor, this sounds like it can really cause a lot of problems for us. How does a person know if he or she has a leaky gut? Well, if you have an autoimmune disease, you can almost be certain that and assume that you have a leaky gut Mm -hmm. because that's where it starts. And there are special functional medicine tests that looks at all of your gut health, everything from digestion to absorption to what kind of bugs are there and what their sensitivity is to different uh, natural medicines, natural herbs or antibiotics. And it looks at the entire gut function, the enzymes and whether or not your junctions are tight. So these are really important tests to figure out where in the gut are you having the leaks. Can this be fixed? And if so, how do we go about doing it? Absolutely, it can be fixed. But first, you have to determine if you have a leaky gut and what are the factors that contribute to it. So again, those functional medicine tests are essential in pinpointing the problem. But the first place to start is your diet, because the standard American diet of processed foods and sugars and high carbohydrates activate the immune system and are implicated in perpetuating all the symptoms and an autoimmune response. So that's why I do an elimination diet and a reintroduction so you can figure out which foods can be causing the irritation. And then there's the 4R program, replace, remove, repair, and restore. So you replace what's missing, such as, such as digestive enzymes. You know, the acid in your stomach kills a lot of bacteria. If you don't have enough and you're taking Tums or proton pumps inhibitors, you're going to have a lot more bacteria. So sometimes you need to replace digestive enzymes. Remove the factors that contribute to leaky gut, such as the foods or the bacteria, viruses, or parasites that are damaging the gut. And you can repair the gut lining with food and supplements that heal, as well as restoring good bacteria by taking a probiotic and eating fermented foods, because these will balance the immune system. And it's amazing how much people transform with some very simple changes. So that's why gut health is so important to overall health. Dr. Mita, thank you so much for being here with us and for talking about this very important topic. If you'd like to get more information about this or Dr. Mita and her work, you can visit her website, howtoliveyounger.com. And as always, to hear more from Dr. Mita, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com slash Lorraine. We'll be right back. News, opinion, passion. This is AM 970, The Answer. It's fair and 41 degrees. What's going on? We have the answer. Senator Chuck Schumer is calling for the suspension of doors off helicopter rides. I'm here to demand that NION stop flying until the FAA puts out its rules and the NTSB, the Federal Safety Agency, completes its investigation. Five people died last March when a chopper operated by Fly Nyon crashed into the East River. At a news conference today, the New York Democrat sounded the alarm for potential flyers as he said the flights can be dangerous. The company operates flights from Kearney, New Jersey, and it's advertising 40% off its regular prices, which Schumer says is alarming to the federal government and flyers. Schumer explained the company has launched an aggressive social media campaign to try and land customers despite being under federal investigation. 
New York City police are releasing surveillance video in hopes of tracking down a pair of men who are accused of robbing a woman in Brooklyn. The incident happened at the 88-year-old woman's home in Manhattan Beach on Thursday near Oriental Boulevard and Ocean Avenue. Cops say that the two men posed as utility workers to gain entry to the home, then demanded cash, making off with $2,500. A getaway driver was also allegedly involved while the woman was, thankfully, unhurt. In sports, while the Jets lost to the Vikings 37-17 in the NHL, Rangers unfortunately lost to the Calgary Flames. That final score was 4-1. Expect some slowdowns if you're uh, traveling on the Deegan southbound at 233rd Street. There's a crash here. Two lanes are down. Traffic is stopped from McLean Avenue. Disabled vehicle on the BQE eastbound at McGinnis Humboldt. Hudson River crossings, while the GWB looks good in and out on both the upper and lower levels. Holland Tunnel, Lincoln Tunnel in both directions. No delays. Weather for tonight, mostly clear, lower around 38 degrees. Tomorrow, sunny, high near 53. You now know what's going on. I'm Amy Salerno at AIM 970, The Answer. G'day, I'm Scott from Plug-In Pest Free. I want to personally thank all my Plug-In Pest Free customers who have taken the time out to call, write, and who have left messages to thank me for ridding their homes and businesses of unwanted rodent and pest problems. So from me to you, I thank you. Plug-in pest-free is the only scientifically tested and, more importantly, consumer-proven electromagnetic pest management system since 1995. Why put up with those annoying rodents and pests any longer? Plug-in pest-free is 100% chemical-free, making it your safest bet to manage your rodent and pest problems around your family and pets. With a 60-day money-back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So order yours today at gopestfree.com. Use promo code SAVE20 for 20% off and free shipping. That's gopestfree.com, promo code SAVE20. Don't spray and regret, plug in and forget. Gopestfree.com today. Welcome back to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. It's not easy to step out of your comfort zone, take a chance, or make a change. It's not easy to unlock your potential and be courageously you. But it is possible, and it is your choice. According to today's guest, Julie Foudy, life doesn't just happen. You happen to life. You decide how you want to write your story. You choose to matter. Julie is a two-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time World Cup champion, and former captain and 17-year member of the U.S. women's soccer team. She's an ESPN analyst and founder of the Julie Foudy Sports Leadership Academy. Welcome, Julie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hi, Joan. Thank you. Glad to be here. Julie, I want to begin by talking a little bit about your career in sports. A two-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time World Cup champion, former captain of the soccer team. What did it take for you to achieve that level of success? And was it something that you always believed you could accomplish? Mm, good question. I think what it took is a lot of great women around me. They were really the, the catalyst for the book is that I was surrounded not just by these amazing athletes who were super competitive and great on the field, but um, they were most importantly to me, just great human beings who cared deeply about promoting the sport for more girls to play and getting more girls active and uh, always really conscious of the bigger picture about being a great role model and uh, inspiring women in a positive way. And so anytime you had a doubt or 
you felt like you didn't belong. You had this incredible group of women to say, no, you're fine. Mm -hmm. Go on. You'll be fine. You know, you need, I call it your dream team around you of supporters Mm -hmm. and finding out at an early age, you know, who that is, who are people who can be mentors, who are people who could push you when you're doubting yourself, because that's life, right? Life, life brings obstacles. Life brings times when you think you can't do it. There's self-doubt. I think we women are especially good at underselling ourselves. So sometimes Mm -hmm. you need that dream team of supporters around you to say, no, you will be fine. Go on, go do it. Raise your hand. Julie, when people think of leadership, they tend to think of the person who's the CEO or who's in charge of something. But you say that leadership is personal, not positional. What do you mean by that? And, And when and how did you learn that lesson? Well, you know, I grew up thinking I had to be in a position of power or a politician or a president or a man uh, sitting on a horse with a tall hat and a sword because that's what I read about <laughs> in history books, right? And I didn't right. look like that. I didn't have a million people I could talk to, you know, uh, or a platform for that. And so it wasn't until I was surrounded by, again, these amazing women on the U.S. team who showed me that leadership comes in all these different shapes and sizes and that you could be a quiet leader. You could be a nerdy leader. You could be a cerebral leader like Mia Hamm, one of my teammates who did it in a much more personal way, or you could be much more loud. I mean, my nickname was Loudy Saudi because I was blessed with these (laughs) great vocal cords, but that you needed all that diversity of leadership styles. And most important, what I learned is you just had to be authentically you which is, again, the tagline, being courageously and fabulously you and figuring out what your style is because people want to follow someone who's leading authentically, naturally. And I could learn from these great women, but ultimately I had to be me. And that was that was like such an epiphany for me because all of a sudden I thought, ah, I can be someone who can make a difference in life. And really it's just a choice and that um, I, I want to choose to matter. I want to choose to raise my hand. I want to choose to care passionately about something. And whether I'm helping one person or the free world, you know, the, the key is, is that I can, I can do that. And that really was a powerful sentiment that was the catalyst behind this book is I wanted young women everywhere and young kids everywhere really believing that they can make a difference as long as as they care deeply about something. And that's such important messaging, Julie, because we forget how powerful each one of us is. And we always think it's someone else that is able to accomplish great things. And that's really such a valuable lesson that, you know, I know I learned it in later life, but if we could teach that to younger kids that, you know, you have this power, that is such a great message. And it's something, I mean, just real quickly, something that we, we, we show them by, you know, we give them examples of here's young, young uh, women who thought they couldn't because they didn't have the skill set, they didn't have the training, they didn't have the leadership background. And yet they found out that they could simply by saying, hey, what do I care deeply about? What, what would, if I had a magic wand, what would I want to change in my community? And then through our leadership academies, we've had all these wonderful service, community service projects these kids have done. And so we give examples in the book of here's a really tangible thing that this young, young woman did that you could do as well. In your book, Choose to Matter, you've included stories from some inspiring women, such as GMA host Robin Roberts, Facebook COO Sheryl Sandberg. Uh, you mentioned Mia Hamm, Alex Morgan, among others. And all of these women shared so much of themselves. What is the theme that you've been able to extrapolate from their stories? Is there a common thread? Do these women all share something in common? Yeah, they all shared, you know, that that self-doubt, that 
that feeling of awkwardness uh, Mm -hmm. that we all go through. And I think it's healthy to hear that, right? Some of the most accomplished, successful women also felt that way. And, you know, actually, there's a great story I share from uh, one of the women who worked with our, our team for many years, Dr. Colleen Hacker, I was having all these butterflies once. And I said, you know, I, I don't like the butterflies. They're terrible. And she said, butterflies are a great thing. They mean you care. Now just teach them to fly in formation. Mm-hmm. And so I really tried to share strategies from all these different women about how you teach your butterflies to fly in formation. What worked for this woman and what worked for this woman? Because everyone's different, right? But everyone had these really cool examples of, I mean, Robin Roberts who fought through two bouts of cancer or a friend of mine who's born with cerebral palsy, um, who is one of the most positive humans on this earth and how she remains so positive. So those kind of tangible things in a really fun way, because it's a heavy topic, right? It's, it's leadership, it's choosing to matter. It's all these things where a young woman could be like, oh, I'm I'm only 15 or I'm 18. Um, so we do it in a really silly kind of fun way. And, and I, you know, we did it as sock talks, we call them, where we kick our feet up and we take our shoes off and we do them in socks. So it's meant to be real and authentic and hopefully give these these women a lot of, of great strategies on how to get out of their comfort zone, how to be okay with awkward. The book is Choose to Matter, Being Courageously and Fabulously You by Julie Foudy. If you would like to learn more information about Julie and her work, you can visit the website choosetomatter.com. Julie, in our final moments, can you leave us with a strategy or two that can nudge someone out of his or her comfort zone? I, I think the most important thing is understanding when uncomfortable sets you you have the choice when something uncomfortable comes to you you have the choice to put one thought in your brain right so choose a positive one instead of like oh i can't do this oh gosh i don't have the skill set for this or right you don't have to check every box we women want to think we have to check every box and be perfect instead flip that negative thought into a positive one right and i used to snap a hairband i had on my wrist to kind of a physical motion to snap me out of it and turn me in and 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 replace it with a positive thought and instead convince your brain and train your brain that you can and you'll be even if you have to fake it you'll be amazed how often your brain actually (laughs) follows and your body follows and then the really cool thing is you find that you're fine you are fine and you're not just and you know you're not just uh surviving you're thriving Julie, thank you so much for being here. This is such a great reminder because the type of book that you've written, as you said, these are stories of really accomplished, powerful women, but they begin with the same doubts that the rest of us have. And and as you said, it's really important for us to hear that because we always tend to think they have it all together. They had some secret that we don't have. And, And I think that it's really a great reminder that it's time for all of us to step into our power and, and really choose to matter. Be courageous, be fabulous, and just get out there and follow our passion and purpose. So thank you so much. Thank you, Joan. Right on. <laughs> we'll be right thank back. Thank you. Imagine running your own business that generates seven figures in revenue. If this sounds like something you'd like to achieve, then join me on Wednesday, December 12th for a special Conversations with Joan event, Building a Million Dollar Business. My guest will be Elaine Pofelt, a writer for Forbes.com. Elaine will explain how to identify, launch, and grow a high-revenue earning business. She'll discuss why this is a good time to start a business, the challenges entrepreneurs face, the top categories for earning seven figures, and how to get on track to achieve high earnings. The event will be held at the Raphael Center in Clifton, New Jersey. For more information, 
conversation, visit cyacyl.com slash conversations. I hope to see you there. Let's start talking. Are you using video to convey your business message? Hi, I'm Suzanne Tregenza Moore, business coach, online marketing strategist, and the creator of the Socialize, Mesmerize, Monetize system. I work with entrepreneurs and small business owners to convert more prospects into sales. Video is everywhere because it captivates people and holds their attention. Many small business owners are using it to their advantage. If you aren't, you're missing a tremendous opportunity to connect with your customers or clients. Here are a few ways to incorporate Incorporate it into your marketing. First, develop a video for the homepage of your website that shares the challenges people are looking to solve when they come to you and the positive outcomes they experience after working with you. Second, create a video for your about page. Highlight yourself as an individual business owner or your team as those a client might interact with. This is the place to share your business philosophy so that visitors will know just by watching it if engaging your company is the right thing for them. Third, use video to showcase specific products or programs and their attributes. Show people what they get when they invest with you. Incorporate positive testimonials and reviews whenever possible. Interested in more advice about making video work for your business? Connect with me at SuzanneTMoore.com. Would you date you? It's a serious question and one I often ask my clients. Hi, I'm Julianne Cantarella, matchmaker, dating coach, and owner of New Jersey's Matchmaker. I work with commitment-minded singles, helping them to totally transform their love lives by taking the mystery and confusion out of dating so they can create the relationship they desire and deserve. As a relationship expert for over 13 years, I often find I have to ask the hard questions. So I'll ask you, would you date yourself? If you were to review your list of deal breakers and must-haves, do you meet the criteria you've set for a potential partner? Are you as fabulous as the person you're trying to attract? Or could your expectations and wants be unrealistic? Now, I would never suggest you settle, but have you raised the bar so high that no one could possibly meet all of the criteria you set? While I would absolutely encourage you to have expectation, I would also encourage you to determine if all those deal breakers and must-haves are realistic. Take some time to review and determine if your expectations are keeping you from your perfect partner. Are they realistic and are you as wonderful as the person you were trying to attract? Remember, your perfect partner has a list too. Would you meet their criteria? Are you interested in learning more ways to totally transform your love life and create the relationship you desire and deserve? Then connect with me, Julianne Cantarella at NewJersey'sMatchmaker.com. Lip sync. You may be thinking by my saying lip sync, I mean to move your lips while the music plays. However, I mean to have your lipstick work in harmony with your skin tone and to use one that is skin beneficial. Let's start with the top three ingredients to be aware of and avoid. Filates. These harmful chemicals are often hidden in the term fragrance. They can mimic human hormones and be harmful to your hormone production in your endocrine system. Lead is a proven neurotoxin 
It has been linked to reduced fertility and increased miscarriages. BHT and BHAs. These are butylated compounds used as a preservative. They are endocrine disruptors and can result in reproductive, developmental, and organ toxicity. On the bright side, there are many non-chemical-based organic lipsticks. Choose a natural lipstick with healthy minerals, antioxidants, and nourishing ingredients. If you have fair skin, use bright pink, red, or muted coral. Medium-toned skin looks good in really red or orangey colors. For darker skin, copper brown, taupe, and magenta is recommended. Also, coordinate your lipstick with your hair color and what you're wearing. Using the right lipstick will certainly fulfill the old adage, you are never fully dressed until you put your lipstick on. If you would like to know more or have a free personal consultation, please contact me, Joanne Ferrari, your nationally recognized leader in anti-aging at 908-581-9254. to live a happy, productive life, but sometimes we just need a little help. Our Coach On Call experts provide strategies to help you live your best life now. Joining me today is Bill Resch, the founder and managing partner of The Elementary Group, a leadership coaching, development, and strategic planning consultancy that helps clients become agents of action in life and within the organizations they serve. Bill's here today to discuss why slowing down helps you go faster. Welcome, Bill. Thanks for joining us. Hi, Joan. It's great to be here. So, Bill, I'm a type A person who is like the Energizer Bunny. I keep going and going, and there are many others like me who believe that if we stop, we may lose momentum. But you say that our attempts to do more by continually working harder and longer without taking time away actually destroys our progress in work and life. Why is this the case? Why is working harder and longer such an issue? Well, it's a great question, Joan, and I think the challenge for type A personalities and any personality for that matter is to consistently provide focus and attention on business strategies and implementation. What we found in our work is that clients that fail to slow down and stop actually work towards burnout faster than the rest of the population. Burnout means an unmanageable workload. Burnout means perhaps a lack of role clarity, and burnout can result in a lack of communication and support from your manager. And so in our work, we found that the folks that are willing to slow down are actually able to go faster. Now, let me tell you a little bit why I say that. Leaders that are able to slow down and pause are able to get to a unique vantage point. They're enabled themselves to see a view of the big picture. They're able to break that cycle, that operational vortex, if you will, of the day-to-day and find opportunities to be more strategic. And from that place, from this unique vantage point, leaders are able to make better decisions uh, from a more wise standpoint. So in addition to what you just described, what are some other benefits of slowing down? Well, I think with any uh, leader, there are strains and challenges with balance in our work and life. And leaders that slow down are actually able to invest in other key relationships Uh, that require time and energy. Uh, These could be relationships at home, uh, marriages, boyfriends, or other significant others, as well as family members uh, like siblings or children. Uh, By slowing down, uh, leaders are able to invest in their lives in unique ways uh, that they're unable to do uh, by simply working longer and harder, primarily in their primary vocation. So then, Bill, what are some strategies that you offer to help us slow down? 
one of the best tips that I received years ago was to find a time during the week, uh, five minutes even, to simply reflect on how our day uh, has unfolded or how we'd like it to begin. That five-minute mini-reflection session uh, leads to uh, what I've found more consistent time of reflection at the start of the day and at the end of the day. This simple, small micro-pause, if you will, enables us to get our bearings for the day and those types of intentional pauses are what lead to more strategic thinking and breakthrough. Bill, thank you so much for joining us. If you would like to learn more about this topic or more about Bill and his work, you can visit elementarygroup.com. And as always, to hear more from Bill, you can visit our website, cyacyl.com bill. We'll be right back. Hi, this is Joan Herman. Did you know that Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life publishes a free monthly digital magazine that can be read online or emailed to your inbox? Every month, nationally recognized leaders in their field provide information to educate, inspire, and motivate you. We believe in a holistic approach to life, incorporating mind, body, and spirit. Check out a copy of 24-7 magazine, visit cyacyl.com, and be sure to tell your friends. Do you know the one mindset that all accomplished people have? Hi, I'm Miriam Belov, the Keep Calm Mentor, best-selling author, and Reiki Master Healer. As a pioneer in mind-body-spirit work, my mission is to bring you more health, peace, and success. All accomplished people have a mindset geared for success. Having the right state of mind is key. People who succeed have the attitude and qualities to rise above their own personal troubles and to see things others can't. You want to have success, and here is how. Have a positive growth mindset. Now you can achieve success with hard work and a good attitude. Self-sabotaging behavior of fear and worry can be changed into a growth mindset. Know that you have natural abilities in certain areas. They must be cultivated in order to take full advantage of them. Your mindset has three basic parts. Your IQ, the patterns of behavior you've learned, and your abilities. It's what you believe about your intelligence, your talents, and your personality. Welcome to my website, wellnessagenda.com. There is lots of content and media links which will energize and inspire you. Shine on! In a moment, cancer changed our lives forever. At this moment, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital is saving lives with pioneering research and care. And we'll never have to pay St. Jude for anything, ever. At this moment, she wants to be in her own bed. I want to be back at school with my friends. I want to be outside playing. Please take a moment and visit stjude.org today. That's it for today's show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Conversations with Joan, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided are the opinions of our guests and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. 
If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on the site, listen to past shows on demand, read our digital magazine, take part in the book club, check out our team, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications, LLC.